Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. If I say one word to you, chances are a picture comes to your mind. Eating bugs. Bugs in general. You probably get a mental picture and it might not be something that you like. But the business of bugs, eating bugs in particular, is actually pretty big and getting bigger and could provide a sustainable source of protein and nutrients for us in the future, especially as the population continues to grow. There is a big demand for bugs, mostly outside the country right now. 80% of the countries in the world have bugs on their diet. So Mexico has over 200 different uh, insects that they eat. You might be asking yourself, what kind of bugs are we eating? Chapolina is one of our, our best-selling products, our spiced grasshoppers. Hmm, actually sounds kind of good. Okay, so what is it with bugs, though? Why are we so afraid of eating bugs if they're so plentiful and potentially good for us? The fear of eating bugs, you know, we call it the unwarranted cultural fear of eating bugs. Yeah, I would agree. There's probably a stigma against eating the stuff that crawls around on the ground that we usually step on. But it seems like there's a business to be had here. As soon as we went live with EdibleInsects.com, uh, we started getting orders. So who are you selling these bugs to? And we also wholesale to retailers. We sell to all sorts of museums, um, even SeaWorld, Bush Gardens. Uh, and lots of universities. So with these type of sales and margins and whatnot, you're probably not the only one in the game. There's a whole new industry. There, there's 40 or 50 companies that weren't around three or four years ago. Uh, the CEO of Pepsi has claimed that one of the next big uh, snacks is going to be made out of edible insects. Okay, so let's talk about the pros of, of bugs. More protein than beef. But at the same time, it's omega-3, there's vitamin B12, iron, calcium. I mean, there's many reasons. And again, all insects are different. One of the neat things about insects is it's more bioavailable than many other uh, vitamin and mineral sources. So you're actually digesting more of it and, and getting more of the uh, benefit. So bugs are animals. And if I, by chance, wanted to get into this and I wanted to start uh, farming insects. Is it hard to do? Does it require a lot? Yeah, actually one of the exciting parts of this whole thing is that just about anybody can do it. You, you can have, you can grow crickets at home. You can have a home farm. Small farms can grow it all the way up to big corporate enterprises. I'm sure that the big reason that this is popular in a lot of other countries is comes down to food scarcity or just the economics of it. Food scarcity, food security, as they call it, um, is a key reason for unrest around the world, for wars, for, for you know, people uh, migrating from one place to another. Oh, absolutely. And obviously crickets, grasshoppers, 
ants, uh, mealworms, all the different sources of, of insects that we eat, um, they could obviously play into that, um, that, that dynamic of creating more sustainable food sources. And on top of it, as countries develop, they want to eat meat because we eat meat. People follow what the West does. And so right now, we cannot sustain, you know, the whole planet cannot sustain 50% more people eating meat. And, and it comes down to specifically meat because, for example, to raise a pound of crickets, it takes about a gallon of water or less. To raise a pound of beef, it takes 2,500 gallons of water. They need a lot of space. <laughs> they emit a lot of bad gases. Um, there's a lot of reasons why we need to start changing the way we look at our diets. I doubt we're ever going to, you know, just stop eating meat. We always will. But we have to reduce the amount that we're eating so that we can afford to do it. Plus, if we can make edible insects in the United States a big thing, it'll become a big thing all around the world. Um, again, people follow what we do in the West. So in talking about sustainability, what does it take to produce, um, say, a pound of crickets or a pound of grasshoppers? What type of resources are required to get that kind of yield? It's two to one with insects. For two pounds of feed, you get a pound of, uh, of food. <laughs> so obviously this isn't necessarily anything new. I mean, this has probably been done by our forefathers or ancestors before us, right? Uh, the woodsmen of Maine were known for eating ants, which actually tastes great. <laughs> and who might be a notable client of yours or, you know, who's who's eating these today that we would know of? Well, you may have heard of um, the Mariners uh, this last summer. During their games, they started selling Chapolinas, which, which are the spice grasshoppers from Mexico. And they didn't know whether they're going to sell or not. They ended up selling out every single game. So are restaurants buying bugs from you and serving them on menus, making them part of that whole experience as well? What are you seeing there? Oh, yes. We sell a lot of Chapulinas to Mexican restaurants, of course. They use them in tacos and burritos. Um, but, you know, to, to, if, if there's a restaurant in uh, New York City called the Black Ant, and they're famous for <clears throat> the dishes they serve with Black Ant. But there's got to be a, a half a dozen to a dozen New York City restaurants that are uh, that, that have insects on their menu. All across the country, they're starting to add them, and it's not just chapulinas, although they are chapulinas and crickets, without a doubt, are the most popular. But um, you know, they have <laughs> sounds terrible, but you know, magway worms uh, taste great. Uh, even 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 to the point of scorpions. There's a lot of places. Some of them kind of do it for fun and scorpion shops. You have a scorpion in, in your shot, you, you do the whole thing at once. Um, but at the same time, people are cooking with scorpions. They're cooking with tarantulas and, and um, all sorts of different beetles and, and other bugs. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I, I could do grasshoppers and crickets, I think. I don't know, tarantulas and, oh, man, you're you're. <laughs> you're losing me there with that one. Um, what I would ask, though, at this point is, is you know, there's obviously a market for it and people are buying it. So if I want to be a farmer, what type of regulations, what kind of hoops am I going to have to jump through to make that happen? And as a country, 
do we even have anything in place right now for that? It's growing. You know, some countries, for example, Thailand with 20,000 cricket farms in Thailand, they are a lot farther along as far as regulations and such. But here in the States, um, we already have the guidelines in a sense. So we just fit into the same guidelines as any other farm. But that doesn't, you know, that, that makes it sound simple, but it doesn't mean <laughs> not any regulations. You can ask any farmer. I don't know. I, I think I'm getting more and more sold on this because it seems like there's a lot of different applications, not only in selling the the insects for food, but, you know, obviously um, animals eat insects. And so it's almost like there's a dual purpose there, maybe. Something that I, I would love to see a lot of these organic gardeners doing is to create a, a black soldier fly compost in the center or farm, a little mini farm. And all the cuttings and all the weeds that you're collecting from the garden can be put in there. Black soldier fly larvae eat twice their weight every single day. And so they will, you know, consume that, turns into more larva, and that larva is great for your backyard chicken. Man, yeah. Well, it's definitely interesting. There's a lot of aspects to this that I don't think a lot of people realize. Or there's, there's, It's very dynamic and very diverse, and I think that there is definitely something to this. And, and to your point, I think this is the future. I think that uh, there, is, there is something to say for the sustainability piece and the holistic kind of mother nature on steroids approach of being able to integrate this in gardening and food and food supply and all those, all those different things. So if someone wants to get started as a farmer or just in buying insects, uh, where do they go? Who do they talk to? Yeah, we're obviously, you know, quick plug here, ediblesinsects.com, for buying the food already prepared. If you want to grow your own, there's another site that's great, Tiny Farms, and I think it's tiny-farms.com, and they have a forum that will, um, you know, it's an incredible education. Everything you need to know is there. Um, and, again, on a smaller scale, there's nothing hard about it. It's, it's just deciding to do it. Okay, quick question. Fear factor. Obviously, fear factor in eating bugs is a big thing. How do you think that affects people's perception of this? Or or how does that affect people wanting to get into actually eating bugs on a regular basis? In the industry, we have this argument about whether the fear factor type thing is good or bad. Um, should we show them the scorpion or should it be scorpion powder used in, in baking or something like that? And some people say the fear factor thing is bad. I happen to think it doesn't matter how you taste it. Um, you know, once you've tasted it and it's either going to taste good or it's not. I mean, there's so many, we, we do a lot of different presentations and there's so many kids that are kids in the kids. It's like 60, 70% of them will try it. And adults it's about 30. <laughs> But the kids will come in, and they, they won't know if they want to eat it. And they try so hard to eat it. You know, it's such a big thing. And then when they do, you can see it on their face. It's, it's, you know, it's all of a sudden, that's not bad at all. That actually tastes pretty good. And, and crickets, too. They taste pretty good. Okay, so I'm just getting started out, and I want to try a few things. Obviously, crickets are kind of the safe place to start. Is there anything I need to avoid or anything that is maybe your favorite? 
It's the same thing as everything. One of the worst tasting foods I've ever had, believe it or not, is a red-headed centipede. <laughs> Couldn't get the taste out of my mouth for half an hour. But at the same time, uh, Katie did. They kind of taste like pistachio nuts. I love them. So what you're saying is it's going to be different for everybody, and you kind of just have to jump off the cliff, so to speak, or you have to just kind of go for it. You just got to try it. Well, Bill, you're a good man. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks for giving us some insight and filling us in on the wonderful world of edible insects. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? So the best way to get in touch with me is probably through email. And I'm just Bill at EntoSense.com, and that's Ento, E-N-T-O, and then Sense like Common Sense, S-E-N-S-E. Well, there you have it. We have edible insects as another option in what we serve our guests. And obviously, from what we heard today, it is a sustainable option. There are lots of options with that inside um, of being sustainable, both as a food source for other animals as well as a food source for us. And I don't know. I may just have to try it. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org. This Business Chef podcast was brought to you by the Culinary Technology Fund. To find out more about how you can make a difference in the lives of culinarians as well as creating a more sustainable food service industry, email us info at businesschef.org with Culinary Technology Fund in the subject line.